covering all aspects of Milwaukee Brewers baseball. It's time for Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Here is your host, Matt Pauley. It is time for another edition of Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. My name is Matt Pauley. Thank you so much for uh, being tuned in. The first week where we can actually really dive into, get into on-field baseball stuff as the lockout did come to an end this past Thursday. Spring training is underway. Before we know it, they're going to be back in Milwaukee. They're going to be playing baseball games, and uh, we've got a lot to uh, look forward to. Uh, Quick apology, the podcast coming out a day later than normal. Uh, Worked hard to try to get it in on Sunday night. However, not to share too much information with you, I got hit with a stomach bug. I actually got it from my daughter. My uh, my three-year-old daughter dealt with it earlier in the week, and then I got the exact same thing. And it put me down and put me down hard. So uh, I was uh, I was unable to finish it off on uh, on Sunday night. The problem with that is some of the information that is in our interview that's going to be coming up is a little bit outdated. Just 24 hours later, our conversation is going to be with uh, Brandon Snide in a few moments. It's a really good conversation. I, I enjoyed uh, conducting it on Sunday night. But at the time that we did the interview, there was no news yet on Andrew McCutcheon, uh, even talking about Nelson Cruz and whether or not there would be a possibility that he could end up as a brewer. Well, uh, since then, he has signed with the Washington Nationals. So just keep that in the back of your mind that when uh, when you hear the interview with uh, Brandon coming up in just a few moments, that was uh, conducted on Sunday evening uh, before a bunch of the big news. Obviously, the big news is Andrew McCutcheon. And he is somebody, you look at the way this roster is constructed, and you would think that he's going to be somebody who's going to be able to get some uh, at-bats as a DH. That that would be the number one thing. And then maybe spelling Christian Yelich in left field, depending on uh, if you you know select left-handed pitchers on the mound, maybe that, those are the times that you uh, give Yelich a day off. When you looked at the roster before the McCutcheon move, if they were going to sign another outfielder, you thought that they would maybe sign a lefty outfielder who could be kind of in a platoon spot with Hunter Renfro, who's a righty. That's not what they're doing here. But again, everything kind of changes around now because of the DH and how you're going to be able to have all those extra at-bats for another position player. I'm curious what they're going to do with Keston Hira. Earlier in the week, it was announced that Hira was going to get some time in the outfield during spring training. Hira is a guy who also looks like he could uh, get some at-bats as the DH and but but he has to perform right that's that's the bottom line he does have to perform and it's something that he has not done so far uh, other than his first season with the club and all his minor league time and collegiate time but I mean his his uh, track record of success at the major league level is essentially a half season in his first season, and you're still waiting for him to get things going. I always say development doesn't end the moment you walk into a major league clubhouse, and here is still a young guy, but he absolutely is going to be battling for a roster spot, and if he does make the roster, he's going to be battling for at-bats. And Andrew McCutcheon being signed probably does not help Hira. When you look at Hira and say, that's a guy who can DH, and you're talking about maybe putting him in the outfield a little bit, um, yeah, bringing in a guy like McCutcheon probably is not great news for Keston Hira in terms of A, him making the opening day roster, and B, in terms of him being somebody who's going to be able to get many at-bats. But if he performs in spring training, it will all work itself out. I say that all the time. You'll hear me say it a million times over the course of the season when you got three guys on the injured list who are all set to return and you don't want to lose any of them and you're, you're worried about it. I 
that stuff always just works itself out. Baseball is incredible. Stuff like that always just works itself out. So guys who should be playing, guys who are performing, they are going to play. Uh, the other move that was made, Brad Boxberger is back. He uh, signs a one-year deal to return to the club, also as a club option for 2023. He's going to get $2.5 million this upcoming season, can earn another about a half million dollars in performance bonuses. So you would think that uh, he is going to be somebody who moves right back into that seventh inning role. Well, they'll go with Boxberger, then Williams and Hayter, and everything will kind of be the same. And the Brewers will continue to have very strong starting pitching and a very strong back end of the bullpen. And if there's any questions, maybe it's that um, the, the middle relief, but I would say pretty much every Major League Baseball team has questions there. And there's absolutely some guys on this roster and those middle relief roles who can perform at, uh, at a high level. If there's anything to be worried about with this team, and this goes back to McCutcheon, it's them scoring runs. They are going to pitch at a high level. The big thing is them being able to uh, to score runs. So uh, just to uh, reiterate what I said a moment ago, we're going to have our conversation with uh, Brandon Snide, my newest teammate at WTMJ. He is officially part of the WTMJ family now, which is uh, absolutely awesome to have him uh, in the building. Uh, but we did conduct this interview on Sunday night. So that means uh, the McCutcheon news hadn't happened yet. And also some other things that we talked about are a little bit out of date as well. So just keep that in the back of your mind. My apologies to Brandon that I wasn't able to get this thing pushed out on Sunday night uh, in time for this to be uh, current. But still, good conversation nonetheless. Hope you enjoy it. Let's get to it. After every Brewers game, signing an announcement, bloggers and podcasters hit the web to give their take. Now we bring them all together. It's the Social Media Roundtable, and it starts now. Brewers Externies, the podcast, is powered by WTMJ Mobile. Very happy to welcome this guy back on the podcast, and we're able to say for the first time that he is a WTMJ teammate as he has taken over the uh, producing shift of the uh, nighttime shift weekdays at WTMJ. That means when we get into uh, baseball season, He's going to be my guy during uh, Brewers Extra Innings, and I'm really looking forward to working with him a lot this year. Uh, He's also uh, part of the team at Dairyland Express and uh, Game On at Wisconsin. You can follow him on Twitter, Brandon underscore S-N-E-I-D-E. It's Brandon Snide. Hey, Brandon. Thanks for uh, taking a little bit of time. How are you? Hey, Matt. Uh, Welcome. Uh, uh, Thank you for welcoming me to the team. I I have had quite the last two weeks over there at WTMJ, learning a whole heck of a lot from – my right-hand man, Greg. Uh, it's been quite the, the last two weeks, um, so thank you for that welcome. Uh, and I'm excited. We got baseball to talk. We actually got real baseball to talk about, Matt. That's amazing. Yeah. It is, and we'll get to that in a second. I'm gonna for for big time WTMJ folks. I want to go behind the curtain a little bit here. First off, uh, for those of you who don't know, don't know Greg Hill, who has been the evening producer. He's known as Pancake. He does Scott Wars' <laughs> show and does uh, Bucks and Brewer stuff, and he's been fantastic. He's going to be the producer for the new morning show with Vince Vetrano. So uh, Brandon's coming in to take care of the uh, six to midnight and beyond stuff. Y- you said that uh, this last two weeks, there's been a lot for people who are uh, big just WTMJ fans. What were these last two weeks like for you as you're thrown into uh, into that pool? Well, I'll tell you what, Matt, for, for myself as well, and this is for everybody that's listening, uh, there's a lot more to radio than you think. We'll, we'll leave it at that. I mean, there's, there's a ton more to it than, uh, than when you turn on your radio in your car or you have an app on your phone or whatever and you're listening to it. There's just so much more to radio, uh, so much to learn. Um, WTMJ is such a, a you know monster uh, you know company, radio station, whatever you want to call it. 
Um, there's so many little things uh, that go to being successful as a producer in radio. And as a producer in radio, you're kind of behind the scenes with everything, um, which is great, which is fine. That's kind of where you want to start and where I wanted to be. Um, but there's a lot that goes with it, a lot that learn, uh, you learn along the way. You have to be timely with everything. And I'm, I'm slowly learning and, and figuring all that out. And, and working with Scott Warris uh, has been a treat. He's hilarious. If you've never listened to WTMJ Nights with Scott Warris, I promise you, uh, you will listen and leave uh, laughing your butt off like I do behind the glass uh, when, when there's not a Bucks or Brewer game on. And I think there's a WTMJ Nights all week this week because the Bucks are out in uh, the West Coast trip. Uh, and obviously the Brewers uh, haven't started baseball yet. Uh, active games, that is. Regular season games. So a uh, lot that goes into it. A lot of learning. It's more than just but- button pushing. I'll tell you that, Matt. Yeah, it's, uh, there is a lot. Of, and you, it, it's something where a good producer makes a host uh, look and sound good. I don't think people completely, it's not just pushing buttons. Like you said, there's a lot to it. So, um, host very much appreciate, uh, the good producers and it's going to be fun to, uh, to work with you moving forward. All right, let's go to Thursday because Thursday's the day that the new collective bargaining agreement gets ratified. And you talk about emotions going all over the place from Wednesday night, them canceling the second week of the season to Thursday, it looking like that they're zeroing in on a deal. And then it coming out that the subcommittee was all going to vote. No. So you're thinking everybody's going to vote. No. And then the rank and file players actually go against the, uh, Mm -hmm. the votes of the subcommittee and they vote yes. And we have a deal as that 24 hours for you, as, as all that goes down, what was it like just watching that from afar? Roller coaster, Matt. I mean, just an absolute roller coaster because you, you know, if you were, if you're a, if you're a baseball fan like me and it's, it's, you know, for me, I've said it on my podcast. It was really, it was my, it was my first true love. And I'm sure it was a lot of people's, uh, you played it at a, you got to start it at a younger age and you would, if you played football or basketball and you, you, as soon as you could walk, you picked up one of those plastic bats and wiffle balls and that's what you were doing. So for me, it's my true love. You know, it's the summer, uh, it's your whole summer, really. You kind of plan things around uh, Major League Baseball season for me not having it or the potential of not having it, which we were all close to not having. Uh, it was a roller coaster because you were close to a deal. Then it, Ken, Rosen, Ken Rose, uh, Rosenthal and, and whoever else uh, in the Brewer, in the Major League Baseball file, you know, you were watching every tweet that was coming out of their Twitter handle and it, you know, it's close to a deal. And then it says, uh, both sides agreed to you know quit for the day or whatever. They're still far apart on money or, you know, et cetera, whatever it was. And, and you just, you, you, your hope kind of just kind of started to slowly fade. Um, and then that day that they struck a deal, Matt, I believe it was like in the morning of that day, they said that there's just, there's, they're not close. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, um, I think it was what, two o'clock in the afternoon, I believe that day on Thursday. And all of a sudden uh, Ken Rosenthal, you know, tweets out that, you know, they're, they're in a verbal agreement and they're pending uh, putting it together and free agency starting in a couple hours. And it was like, uh, what just happened? Like, what is going on? And the roller coaster finally pulls into the uh, to the stop. And you're just like, holy cow, like we're actually going to have this, this is actually going to happen. And it just it came so fast. I told this story on WTMJ night or W uh, Brewers Weekly rather on Thursday. Uh, but I'll, I'll say it again. I was at Costco getting a rotisserie chicken for my wife <laughs> and uh, th- at the Pewaukee Costco for my phone. And I've actually since gotten a new phone. I hope my new phone uh, works a little bit better here moving forward. Uh, but uh, I was back 
waiting for the chickens to get done. They were out and they were in the oven and there was three minutes left in their cooking time. Once I got back there and then once the three minutes is up, they got to take all the chickens out. They got to lay them all on the table. They got to box them all up. They got to label them. So, I mean, it's a, it's a process and what they weren't ready in three minutes after I got there. And that was at like one fifty seven, one fifty eight when I got back there and the deadline was three Eastern. So two central and my phone just has absolutely no service. And that entire 20 minutes prior to that, half hour prior to that, I'd been doing nothing but reloading Twitter over and over and over. So the last thing I had seen was the executive subcommittee was going to vote no. So I had no optimism about it, but I thought, ah, maybe, just maybe. I still was very interested, and it wasn't until I walked out of Costco at probably uh, 210, so 310 Eastern, that I saw, indeed, it got ratified. It was one of the longest 10, 15-minute periods of my life waiting for a rotisserie chicken. And it's a chicken that your wife nor you will ever forget. That'll be the rotisserie chicken that brought baseball back, Matt. My wife, see, I didn't even <laughs> tell that story to my wife, to be honest with you. That's uh, I, maybe I should. I don't know if she, um, I don't know if she would get a kick out of that or not. Um, I think she was in the process of getting ready for work. Yeah, she had to leave for work, too, at like 3 o'clock in the afternoon or a little bit before. So I was also stressed out about getting home. So I had uh, – I didn't – that did not get onto the topics of conversation to get to her before she got to work that day. So that's uh, that's the way that worked out. All right, um, baseball. Let's, let's, this is the first time on this podcast – in a really long time that we have actually been able to talk about baseball. And we're at this point right now where we're seeing free agent signings and we're seeing trades. And as we record this at 6.14 p.m. on Sunday, March 13th, it's been relatively quiet for, for the Brewers. What would you like to see them do before, uh, I guess, as soon as possible? I said before spring training. Spring training is basically here. So ASAP, where are the areas you'd like to see them shore up? Uh, well, real quick, I don't want to break news on your podcast because it's your podcast, but uh, Jeff Passan just tweeted out that reliever Brad Boxberger and the Brewers are in agreement on a uh, one-year, $2.5 million deal. Oh, baby. So, so Boxberger is back, which I think is kind of big, you know, because I, the bullpen, it's funny you, you asked me that because my, my, my initial, I mean, corner infields, I don't, you know, obviously they're not, it's weird because you're like in training camp and you still have, free agents trying to find places to play. Um, you know, it, when it comes to the uh, corner infield, I think is where my biggest concern is up the, up the middle. I think you're great. You know, Colton Juan, you know, um, Adamas, you know, Luis Urias will probably have some time. I, I would imagine he goes the third. I mean, we've seen him there at third. You got Jace Peterson as well. So like that could, that could kind of shore up my questions at third base, but I think the biggest one, I know you got rowdy, um, but is he an everyday player? Probably not. Uh, first base is the biggest one. I think Hunter Renfro was, we all forgot about it because it felt like a year ago, Matt, that they signed or they traded JBJ out of Milwaukee and, and got Hunter uh, Renfro from Boston. So that it feels like, uh, you know, that was kind of forgotten about. So I think your outfield is really good. And then what Devin Williams are we getting? And I know he had a weird year last year. And I know the end of the year with the, with the weird injury with the broken hand right before the playoffs, he, he left a sour taste on a lot of Brewers fans uh, tons. You know, what are we going to get from Devin Williams? Is he going to be back? He struggled a little bit last year, um, you know, uh, and you're back into the bullpen, obviously, with Josh Hader is probably good. I'm excited to see Jake Cousins back this year. Uh, you know, Aaron Ashby, what, where does he fit in uh, to the bullpen? Maybe the starting rotation. Obviously, your rotation is pretty thick to begin with. But for me, it's first base. 
Um, and, and now the DH because the DH is a primary position now for the national league. So they're still, according to a couple, uh, uh reporters still in the mix for Nelson Cruz. And I mean, how amazing would that be? Full story, full circle there with Nelson Cruz, uh, once a brewer, uh, now he can come back to Milwaukee. Who knows? Obviously they're going, the, the brewers are going up against the Dodgers and the Padres right now in a bidding war, probably. So. You could probably, if you're a Brewers fan or a baseball fan, anticipate how that's going to go. But DH, Matt, in first base, because we don't, it's a new position in Milwaukee. Do you have that bench player in uh, on your team? You know, it'd be a great position for Ryan Braun to lure him back out of retirement, although that's probably, that ship's probably sailed. But uh, I, I go with DH and, um, and first base. It'd be really nice if Keston Hira could kind of get back on the yeah. track that he was on two years ago. He would be the perfect DH for me. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a great, yeah. Especially with Renfro, you know, and, and I would, I, I'm, 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 I'm biased. I'm a huge Brewers fan. You know, that people that uh, listen to me know that Uh, Yelich revenge season's coming back. I think he's going to have a a great year. Lorenzo Cain's out there in center field. I mean, you're great, you know, depth wise uh, at, in the outfield. It's just, yeah. Kesson here is a big question mark because last year with the Brewers, it's amazing what they did without the production from here and Yelich. I mean, it was, Really, one of, it was amazing. I mean, offensively, they struggled, you know, especially towards the late end of September and obviously into the playoffs against the Braves. But, man, you know, to win that division, win that, you know, the amount of games they did and have those years out of your middle uh, big bats in the lineup is remarkable, to say the least. Yeah, and the thing that I'm concerned about comparing last year to this year, last year the Achilles heel was they didn't score runs. And they have such great pitching. And we don't know how long this pitching is going to continue to perform at a high level. Corbin Burns can have a fantastic season this year, but him repeating what he did last year, there's no guarantee there, right? Like there's, you just, you just don't know. That was a Cy Young award seasons don't come around every year for, for most guys. So you're in this window where you can hypothetically achieve at the highest levels because of what you have in starting pitching and last year, it was run scoring that took you down, and I'm I'm still somewhat concerned about that. I think you're right about Yelich. I expect Yelich to have uh, a big bounce back season. But to be perfectly honest, I thought he was going to have a big bounce back season this time mm-hmm. last year as well. So yeah. uh, I, I was wrong, and I don't want to be wrong again. But I'm I'm right there with you. I think he's going to have that that bounce back season. Um, but they just they got to find a way to score runs, and it it can't be this thing, especially with the expanded playoff. It can't be a thing where you're just content to be a postseason club or even depending on how the rest of the division goes. If you if you turn out to have a much better season than than St. Louis and whoever else might try to compete with you, it can't just be you're content to win the division or you're content to be a postseason club. You got to build this thing to win a World Series because I don't think windows like this come open very often. And it's all because of what they have in starting pitching. And I couldn't agree with you anymore. And that's why I think, you know, it's kind of an unfair fight here for David Stearns because it's kind of unfair for everybody, really. But uh, to go into the lockout December 1st, you know, it kind of put everything on pause. Obviously, they were probably able to map out their plans a little bit more, you know, get, you know, figured out what they wanted to do. But you're right. I mean, you're you're top pitching here and they're all locked up. I mean, you know, goes under the radar. But that deal Freddie Peralta signed a few years ago looks really good right now. Um, and then obviously you got, you know, Burns and Woodruff and, and Lauer who has, you know, up and down moments and Hauser who, you know, whatever. And you got Ashby and you got 
uh, Ethan Smalls, who just got a big, uh, big camp invite. I believe it was this morning. Um, so you're pitching like this is your window, right? This is your window. When Yelich is in his prime, you're probably not going to have much more. This is probably your last year. I believe his contract's up after this year anyway with Kane. I could be wrong, but I thought it was uh, this year. I mean, you're, you're kind of maybe it's next year, but your window is right now. But, you know, you're 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 kind of pressed against the wall here because, oh, by the way, you're in a 99 day lockout and training camp or excuse me, uh, spring training starts tomorrow and now you you know you're kind of in a, in a rush to get it is you know whoever it is you know you need to get is Luis your answer your long-term answer at, at third base is he a guy that isn't everyday third baseman is his arm a question you know his glove is pretty darn good uh but it's there's a few questions that leave this Brewers team you know for me in a division that we're really uncertain to either Matt like St. Louis is probably going to be around uh the car or the Cubs it felt like they were in a rebuilding mode and it kind of looks like that's what it was. And then they go out and get Stroman prior to the lockout. And then now there's, per, uh, you know, rumors, of course, they're just rumors, but rumors about uh, uh, Carlos Correa, you know, possibly going over to Chicago. So what does that do, you know, in the NL central caught, the Reds just traded Sonny Gray this morning. Yeah. Um, thank God. If you're a Brewers fan, you're celebrating that. Uh, but uh, it is the, the window is now, I mean, it's just, it is, you know, and, and, and I think, if you're David Stearns, you know, if you're Mark Ananasio, you know, something's got to give. Like, I, I know what they like to operate in as far as money. And I know, you know, they get the, you know, Jace or uh, Colton Juan was such a good deal when it came out. You know, Omar Narvaez, his production last year, he outplayed the deal that he signed, you know, but you got to go out and I don't want him to say make a splash because that's such a cliche because it's so much easier said than done. But I feel like, Matt, that this is the year where, okay, like, you know, this has got to be our window because these pitchers are going to be due a pretty penny here soon. Yeah. I just, um, I feel like they need one more bat and I agree. There's a lot of spots that can come to be, I'm a big track record guy. And as, as well as Luis Urias played last year, he doesn't have the track record of doing that. That doesn't mean he's not going to do it again. It means if I'm building a baseball team, I, I kind of hedge my bets around it. So I'm, I'm nervous about him being an everyday third baseman because he has never put up the kind of numbers that he put up this past season. Now, he's also a relatively young guy who is still developing. So maybe that's who he is. I just I'm not 100 percent sure you're right about first base, even even with the addition that they made, I I would not be against them going out and finding another outfielder as well. I just there's spots available other than second base. um, shortstop and left field and catcher. I feel like you could upgrade offensively at almost any of those other positions. I agree. And I, you know, I'm excited for Hunter Renfro. I think, you know, his years in Tampa or excuse me, Tampa, uh, Boston, uh, you know, we're relatively productive. I'm excited to see him in, um, in Milwaukee, you know, playing uh, a full season with American family field. It's just, there's a lot of free agents out there, but it's it's like, where do the Brewers financially stand? Because two years ago, we were told they were operating in the red. Last year, you know, they give out a lot of these short-term contracts. You know, Colton Juan, you know, Rowdy was picked up, you know, uh, Vogelbach during the season. So uh, there's a lot of question marks with a lot of positions. You kind of putting a Band-Aid, you know, on a lot of these. But at, at some point, um, you got to, I don't want to say go all in, but at, at some point you got to kind of put your chips in the middle and, and be like, this is all we got and we're going to go for it. And if that means going out and getting Nelson Cruz, if that means going out and getting Kyle Schwarber, who, by the way, 
can play first and DH and play outfield if you need him to. Uh, I don't know what his market's going to be. It's hard to tell what any of these markets are going to be because nobody really big has signed yet. So it's tough to really kind of tell what the market is looking like. Um, but teams have, you know, the pressure's on them. A lot of these players too. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, I don't know if they're necessarily in a rush to sign a contract, you know, to get to spring training. I'm sure they would love to figure out where they're going, but a lot of these top guys already know they're going to get signed. They, they can kind of miss the first few weeks of spring training and, uh, and be okay. But the market's just, it hasn't taken off. I thought Matt really, when we got the news Thursday, I thought, you know, when they said free agencies open at five, six, whatever time it was. I thought we were going to see everybody just, it was going to be like the floodgates open, but it's been the complete opposite. It's been kind of weird to be honest with you. Yeah, it has, you know, I, Oh man, was it, it may have been David Stearns. It was some baseball executive that said it. I've read so much over the last few days. <laughs> uh, some baseball executive basically said, you know, if there would have been a, a floodgate of deals getting done right when the lockout ended, people would be looking at those kind of with a, you know, a side eye as, you know, basically inferring that maybe there was a little bit of mm-hmm. you know, negotiation and communication going on during the lockout. I don't know if that's it or not. I have to think there was some tampering taking place uh, from all, probably all teams kind of through some back channel stuff during the lockout, but it has not resulted in a lot of deals being done right away. I think if I could choose one player and, and this is, this is probably a pie in the sky sort of situation. Uh, but you, you mentioned guys who can fill multiple roles. We don't know what's going to happen with Chris Bryant. And he's still a guy that I think would fit in perfectly on this team. I would absolutely agree with you. I would be floored, Matt. That would be my, that would be my number one, yeah, honestly. Like if yep. I could, you're, you're absolutely right, man. If I could pinpoint a guy, uh, yes, a hundred percent third base outfield, give him a day off in the, in, on defense and throw him on DH. I mean, a guy that has proven MVP winner, uh, world series guy. Absolutely. If you added him, you know, and, and kind of short up maybe, uh, you know, first base with Rowdy and, and maybe another, you know, rotational piece. That's probably the best infield defensively, Matt, in the National League. I mean, I, maybe that's hyperbole, but I mean, with Adamas and Bryant and, and Colton Juan, I mean, I mean, there's not many holes there and a couple gold gloves there. So that would be, um, that would be great. If, if, if the other guy I had other than Chris Bryant was his partner in Chicago, um, and I'm drawing a blank with his name and I, um, Schwarber. Uh, not Schwarber, uh, the first baseman. Goodness, I'm drawing a blank to his name. Um, I'll get it here in a second. He's the left-handed first baseman. Uh, I can picture his face, but I can't. Uh, not the guy who came on strong at the end of the season. Uh, what? Oh, the Scott Warris always called him the law firm of, and he had like the the northeastern name. Now I'm doing the same thing. You are. I'm like, I'm, yeah, I'm like drawing a blank here with his name. Uh, I'll grab it. Anthony Rizzo. Good God. Oh, okay, Rizzo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I could, uh, but that's like another guy. Could you imagine Anthony Rizzo, Matt, in like uh, an American Family Field, playing eighty-one games at American Family Field? You know, with that right field and, yeah. and him and him batting left, and and who? I, I mean, and that's you're shoring up your first base. Any questions you have with your first base are gone. I mean, he's a multiple multiple Gold Glove winner at first base, and that's another guy you can slap. You know, if you need him a day off, you can slap him on on DH and still have that production in the bat. But what you're, what we're all saying here is there's multiple guys out here that I think can make a difference. I 100% agree with you. They absolutely need a bat because their offense, without that pitching last year, that's a sub-500 team. Uh, that offense carried them for multiple parts of that season. But we're both in an agreement. So I'll take Chris Bryant, you know, Anthony Rizzo, Schwarber, you know, Nelson Cruz, but they absolutely need a bat because that pitching did too much of the load last year for them. They, they need some offense going forward.
the other thing with bringing in somebody who can play first, third, and the outfield, when you've got, you know, what I said earlier about Luis Urias not having the, the track record, what I said earlier, you know, what, what we've both said about Rowdy Telez, it also gives Craig Council the opportunity to go with the cot hand at the moment when you have somebody that can go play other positions. There's a, this team has long showed that you don't have to have guys that are locked into one single position. And really on this team, the only guys that are, are Colton Wong at second, Lorenzo mm-hmm. Kane in center, uh, Omar Narvaez behind the plate, and and probably Rowdy Telez at first if you consider him the starting first baseman. Yeah, and that's and, you know, and Willie Adamics, excuse me, at Chuck, yeah, obviously yep. Adamics. Yep, and that's the thing too with Craig Council. I mean, he does such a great job, and I think the new CBA is going to allow free up a little bit of what he does as a manager as far as pitching and um, uh, defensive assignments and and whatnot. I think it's going to help him get back to what he was doing uh, prior to the the rule changes. But, um, you know, if you're the Brewers, this is, this is kind of like, you know, like I've said, this has kind of got to be your, your year. And I, and I hate it for them, for me too, because I'm a Brewer fan, but for, for the front office and, and Craig council, you're just, it feels like you're rushing into the season, which is fine. It has to happen. I want it to happen. We all wanted this to happen. We want baseball. We need baseball. Um, but it kind of, you know, throws things into gear five when, you know, right. You know, this should have been two, three months ago when the hot, when the stove was really hot, you know, usually in December and January. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do. You know, the only name I've seen them attached to, and of course, you know, this is only on like verified pass in or Rosenthal accounts or Will Salmon of the athletic is, is Nelson Cruz. And so I don't know what that means. You know, usually uh, David Stearns, you know, is not afraid to deal and make, and make things happen. You know, we've seen a couple of trades, um, they have some youth in in the minors and, and in the uh, the prospects world. Bryce Terrain got a call up to big league camp this morning as well. So that's, you know, what are you going to do with him? Like, that's another good question, Matt. You know, I know we're getting way ahead of ourselves, but what are you going to do with Terrain? And you got Adamas. I mean, is that going to eventually be a bridge that you're going to want to cross with Terrain? Obviously, Adamas is probably going to, you know, if he has any type of the year he had last year, is going to, uh, you know, fetch some big money eventually. I mean, no, there's just a lot of, question marks you know surrounding this team uh and and getting thrown into the fire getting ready to you know for opening day and and literally up exactly a month tomorrow um you know what are they going to do you know with uh with a lot of these positions it's 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 interesting and you thought there would be more traction and we're just kind of patiently waiting i'm scrolling twitter way more than i normally have uh especially this morning i believe it was oh gosh hector gomez I believe ESPN tweeted out that the brewer, yeah, the Brewers were in uh, Nelson Cruz's top three. You know, of course, it's the Dodgers and the and the Padres in there, and, and then there's little Milwaukee. So you know, yeah, we I saw just... how that worked out with the Justin Turner situation. <laughs> exactly. So it's kind of you know, it's you're just kind of it's it's an unfair advantage if you're uh, uh, the Milwaukee Brewers. You just you're a disadvantage. You just you know, it's tough. It's tough to be a GM in a small market, uh, you know, team, especially where baseball where there is no cap. You already mentioned Ryan Braun's name. It's going to happen at some point. They're going to be in an offensive slump, and I'm going to start getting phone calls. Hey, Tom Brady just came out of retirement, so so maybe we'll see the same thing with Braun. I, you know, I know it's funny you say it too because I just saw that Brady news. You know, though, Matt, like it's got to cross his mind. I know Laura, you know his wife, and they're happy and they live back home in Southern California, and life is great. Weather's amazing, but at some point, man, it's got to cross Braun's mind. Like, man, I could sit and just swing the bat four times a game, five times a game. And, you know, my back would feel great. You know, you know, wouldn't have so much pressure on it. I, you know, I don't know. It's got to cross his mind when he left. He, you know, he had a great year. I mean, it was kind of a short year and it was kind of a weird year. 
undeservedly, he needs a, a better going away party uh, than the COVID shortened baseball season. But I'm telling you, Matt, it's got to cross his mind. And you know, Yelich is in his ear because they're like be- they're best buddies. So I don't know. I I wish the DH came you know a little bit sooner because maybe he he'd still have a uh, his injury and his back would be a little bit better than it currently was when he left. But I, if you're if you're Ryan Braun, you're competitive as he is. And look, here's the other thing too. And you know, I don't think this really gets talked about a whole lot. You know. A lot of those Brewers players saw they were courtside. They were in the suite when the Bucks won the championship. And they saw, um, you heard uh, Freddie Peralta talked about it. Christian Yelich talked about it. To see like Milwaukee come together the way it did and win an NBA championship. And, that, and, it said, and the Brewers said it. I mean, obviously, their season didn't go the way it wanted to the rest of the year. But it motivated them because it, it was right there. Like it happened in the same city they play in. And, and, and they felt that. And, they, and, and that, you know, you know, put a little bit of. Uh, juice into their blood but I mean if you're Ryan Braun I mean if this team is looking like it is he, he doesn't need to carry them offensively I just need four good at bats a game yeah and we don't know where he's at I mean he'd he, he'd also be guaranteed even as a DH he'd be guaranteed for a few injured listings a year yeah. as well we don't know where he's at mentally I would I would rather see Christian Yelich bounce back. I would rather see them go either sign somebody or trade for somebody like keeping the idea of Braun in the back pocket. That's not my favorite idea. Not mine either. I'm, 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 I'm biased. So, cause he's like my, one of my favorite brewers growing up in the early two thousands when he was coming up through Miami. And then eventually the brewers organization, when they drafted him, I was, you know, floored, but um, I, he's not on mine either, but it's gotta be a, a, a thought, you know, and it's probably already been thought and, and they probably, Braun probably shot it down or Laura probably shot it down for him. Uh, but it's got to be a thought, you know, to be like, hey, this is a new position. Obviously, it's the first year in the National League. You know, what are your thoughts? Um, but I, but we're kind of jumping the gun. Well, I'm jumping the gun because I got to give David Stearns time. There's a, if there's a GM uh, at a professional team that I trust, it's David Stearns, uh, you know, for my favorite teams because he's a guy that has consistently put out a winning formula winning uh, operation on the baseball field, especially in a tough division in the NL central um, with the Cardinals and the Cubs and Cincinnati, I guess when they want to be good. Uh, so I trust David Stearns. I, I think there's going to be a, there's going to be a big pickup for the Brewers this year, because I think if you're David Stearns, you know, if you're uh, Mark Ananasio, just looking at this team, like this rotation is just wicked, man. Like it is one through five, maybe one through six, your back end is shirt up, you know, is depending on what you get in, in Devin Williams this year. You got Aaron Ashby, uh, a potential starter, you know, at least a middle uh, middle reliever. You got Ethan Small, who's on the cusp of a big league roster. I mean, you're set up for success with pitching and defense. You know, you need that bat. I mean, that bat, literally a bat or two, Matt, like you said, it literally can be the difference between winning the division and getting bounced in the first round or going to the world series because this team really is that damn good they're they're really good yeah yeah they are he is brent snide again he's uh my newest teammate at wtmj his uh handprints and, and his voice at times will be all over uh brewers extra innings once we uh, get things rolling you can also uh see his content at uh, dareland express also part of the team at uh, game on at wisconsin brandon thanks so much for the time we will do this uh pretty often now that you are uh part of the team and look forward to having you on again real soon Absolutely, Matt. Pleasure to be here as always. Thank you very much.
That's Brandon Snyde joining us here on Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. And that's just about going to do it for uh, this edition of the show. The uh, Brewers are going to open up their Cactus League schedule this upcoming Friday when uh, they are going to play a game against the Dodgers. And uh, their first uh, home game in Maryville is going to be uh, coming up on uh, Sunday, the 20th, this upcoming Sunday, when uh, they match up against the Padres. Uh, they to kind of redo the spring training schedule just a little bit coming off the lockout. But, yeah, they are uh, they are set to go, and spring training games are going to begin uh, this upcoming Friday. And that's going to be uh, – that's good. That's great news that baseball – is being played. All right, my appreciation to uh, Brandon Snyde for joining us uh, on the program. Thanks to you for being uh, tuned in, and uh, we look forward to talking to you again next week for another edition of Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. Thanks for listening to Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Matt will be back next week with another episode. For all the latest Brewers news, keep listening to a home of the Brewers. News Radio 620 WTMJ.